heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Welcome to Malcolm at 8, the voice of a nation. And we are back with your friends here after several months of being on hiatus in a whole new time spot, which is in the name of the program. A little bit of rebranding going on with Malcolm at 8. Welcome into the broadcast here. We have a journey ahead, and we'll start off today with a couple of major stories here. Uh, one is going to be the debt ceiling, and the other is the 2024 election and the political parties in America. So let's start off here and talking about the negative views in the direction of the country and the national economy persist. And this is from an AP poll, AP North poll. And uh, so listen to these numbers here. Just 33% of American adults say they approve of Biden's handling of the economy. And only 24% say the national economic conditions are in good shape This is, again, that poll from the Associated Press North, the Center for Public Affairs Research. Now, it gets even more interesting when you look at these numbers. Public approval of Biden's handling of the economy remained low in a time of high inflation, a difficult housing market, and concerns about a potential U.S. government debt default. Americans' opinions are also gloomy about Biden's efforts on gun policy and immigration, with only 31% saying they approve of the president's performance on those hot-button issues. My friends, that is startling, those numbers. I mean, they are absolutely startling. This, again, is from AP, so this is not any conservative uh, poll here or site by any stretch of the imagination. Those numbers, but, you know, you say they're startling, and then I think to myself, who are the 33% who think the economy is doing swell, I wonder? Well, who are these people? Or the 24% that say uh, nationally the economic conditions are in fabulous shape in the country. Who, who's that 24%, right? And that probably is the bigger problem. And the people of, the, of those numbers and statutes are probably going to be people who have their hand out that the government is feeding. The beast is feeding these people. These would be the people who say, well, yeah, the economy is swell. Everything's doing fabulous. As long as they have their check coming from the beast, Of course, it's fabulous, right? It makes sense, doesn't it? So you're always going to have, but those numbers are about as low as I've ever seen in my lifetime. I mean, those are pretty low numbers. So when you're talking 24 and 33%, respectfully, it just tells you this this president, this administration is in a heap of trouble, rightfully so. And frankly, I'll say more to you. It's a wonder this president and administration is still standing at this point. I mean, he has wreaked havoc on our nation. I mean, you're talking about hot button issues. Can anybody with a show of hands tell me what's a hot button issue he's done well? Is there one? Does anybody know one? It doesn't exist. And also, when you get into foreign policy, we see what's developed there. So this in in part and parcel is why you're seeing numbers like you're seeing here. So there are two questions we pose up front on the broadcast today. And think about both of these now. Do we continue to feed or starve the beast? Now, who's the beast? Well, you know who the beast is. 
The beast is the runaway federal government. It is Uncle Sam himself, which is made up of Democrats and Republicans. And there are some independents and communists thrown in for the mix. Now think about that. Do, so do we continue our feed? This gets into the debt ceiling, gets into our economy, all of that. How, how big is too big? Are we already there or have we surpassed that expectation, right? And the other big thing is, and, and think about this a moment here. Is this the end of the Democrat and Republican parties? You haven't heard that statement said that way before. And I'll come back to that point in just a moment here. Let's talk about that debt crisis for a moment here and understand that we're talking now, we, we are rounded off at $32 trillion here. I mean, that debt clock moves so fast. If you go to the site where the U.S. debt clock is, you'll need a couple of pills. You'll, you'll need something or a couple of stiff drinks to be sure. That numbers, those numbers move fast on there in numbers you can't even comprehend in your mind what they're spending and what they're doing, right? This is money we've already spent, by the way. So we're talking, if you round those numbers up here, as I understand now, debt per citizen, you, you take a look at our 330 million plus, dependent upon the immigration or whatever else is happening and both legal and illegal. We're talking debt per citizen on an average of $95,000 per citizen, folks. Now, debt per taxpayer, how about a quarter of a million dollars? That's in real dollars I'm speaking of. It's not hypothetical. 248,000 based on these rough numbers here. So let's call it a quarter of a million dollars per taxpayer. Per taxpayer. I mean, that gives you some sort of a, a visual of the trouble we're in. That's the nature of what is owed that the federal government owes. Throughout all of the COVID exercise, COVID was an excuse to feed the beast even more. That's what that was. Total, total excuse to feed the beast. That's all it is, people. And, and they did that with all these programs. And let me tell you something else. It wasn't just the Democrats. It was indeed the Republicans. And it indeed was to our audience, our listening audience. It was indeed President Trump as well who helped build that debt. Rest assured. But every president, both Democrat and Republican, is put in that position uh, because of the way, as we say, quotes, and my fingers are up, how the system works. You know, the system works a certain way. Well, both political parties are guilty. Now, the circumstances with COVID, and part, part of the problem is now Americans, for the most part, have short memories. So the further we move away from that COVID, the more people are going to forget what transpired and what has happened to our, our country, our nation. People are going to forget, not, not only with all the crimes and all of everything that transpired, but with the economic situation, the money that was spent and the debt, and, and why were the decisions made in the way that they were made at the time? Some real questions there as well. Many of the headlines now, the Washington Post says the Democrats are wary that uh, it's growing. Their worry is growing over the White House's approach to the debt talks. They believe that President Biden is not being tough enough. They And they're after the minority leader uh, in the House there, Hakeem Jeffries. They're after him and have quite a few of them, actually. They want him to get after the president and get him to be more vocal. Now, they think the media right now is being won by the Republicans because McCarthy and the, and the Republican caucus keep coming to the uh, microphone and informing the American people. You know, remember, a lot of this is a PR campaign. What we're talking about here is public opinion. 
Well, that's who's going to win this race. It's public opinion. That's what's going to matter at the end of the day. It's all a game of smoke and mirrors. It's who gonna, who's going to put the best narrative out there. You have to remember, very few people are paying attention to this stuff. Many people are busy living their lives and don't pay attention to the things we're talking about. And those that do, or many of those people are utterly confused with the media headlines because there's so many lies and mistruths out there. So who really knows? There, there are many, many narratives, you know. Uh, Fox has a headline, Democrats warned Biden not to make a deal with McCarthy over debt seal. And I've seen a series of those headlines over the past week saying, don't do it, don't do it. In other words, call them bluff. And this really is a game of chicken at this point. It's it's totally what it is. It's to see who's going to be called called out on this thing, okay? Uh, now, there are other stories in the last uh, 24 hours or so saying, well, again, all how you frame the argument here. The Wall Street Journal says, well, the House Republicans see a little progress in debt ceiling talks. Well, that's a lot of smoke and mirrors, too, because it's not really that way. The headline's misleading as well. And McCarthy says, we know there are differences. We know where the differences lie, is is what he's saying. His quote is, well, yeah, but do you think Biden and, and it's not just Biden. It's the Biden cabal. It's the people around Biden. You, you already know this, who are making the decisions. It's not Biden who's clearly making the decisions. And that's what's going to determine uh, who folds or who doesn't fold, or who who plays chicken here. You know, the, the, what do they say? The last man standing is what we're talking about. So the question you have to ask yourself here is, will the Republicans stand up or will they fold? Now, there's a history of them folding. They, they're, the Republicans are very weak need. Let me be clear with you. Very weak need. That's why McCarthy had a hell of a sell when he had to sell 15 rounds of votes to be convinced the the conservative, that core conservative group, including the Freedom Caucus in the Republican establishment, which is a minority of the party, by the way, not the majority. Now, of course, the Democrats would frame them as the MAGA Republicans. These are people who love the country, who are conservative in nature, love the Constitution. You know, if that's extreme, a lot of us would be guilty, clearly, correct? So you look at the situation I'm speaking about now, and, you know, I would suggest to you that McCarthy probably has received a little political religion at this point. The reason you're seeing McCarthy toe the line at this moment, and I'm not saying he's going to do that all the way through. I'm not saying that at all. But the reason he's toeing the line this moment is because he was hit upside the head. He, he got a little political religion, those 15 rounds of votes and then some, and the promises he made. And the commitments, no, and he's got a short, short rope here, a very short rope. The, the other question I pose to you is, is this the end of the Democrat and Republican parties? And I have said for many years now, I believe the Democrat Party is coming to the end of its usefulness, just as the Whig Party did back in the 1860s, when the Republican Party became a thing, and Abraham Lincoln became the first Republican president at that point, right back then. We're sort of at another moment in our country. I would suggest to you, we really now at this point almost have four political parties, although they haven't officially broken off. That's really what we're looking at here now. We're looking at the Democrat Party, those people who've lost the party. That's that's the, the JFK Democrats, but that's the, the blue collar. That's the just left of center. These are reasonable people. You, these are the tip O'Neill folks you can sit down and have a conversation with, you see. And that's the, the Democrat Party we remember. You see, that's why I don't like headlines where you insult all Democrats or you. Insult, I, I just think that's bad for Republicans or conservatives to do that. 
because you're really pissing off more Democrats than you need to do. Remember, a lot of these are baked into the cake of their grandmother, grandfather, great-grandmother, great-grandfather that were also Democrats. Why insult them? You know, all Democrats don't suck. All Republicans don't suck. Some do, some don't. But you you look at uh, that, that party there and the Democrat Party, and, and we see it with the AOC and the squad, but even more than that, it has broken off the extreme radical piece uh, Bernie Sanders, that whole piece of it, the, the, the unity task force, the selling out to Joe Biden, all of that happened on that watch. You, you see what I mean? And so that became the Democrat Party in two. And it's the same thing, really, in the and progressives is another word we use, right? Progressives, they, they use that. And we know everything means the opposite in their language, the English language, for sure. And then, of course, you look at the Republicans and you look at the MAGA. Now, MAGA was make America great again. This was a beautiful thing when you consider the road our country has been on in the last 50 years. I mean, Trump had a novel idea there. Now, the Democrats are aware of that and they've rebranded it as mega Republican. Disgusting. <laughs> right? That's your spit on the floor after you say that, you know, right? You chew tobacco, you spit on the floor. The mega Republican. <laughs> That's how that goes, you see? So they've taken the Make America Great Again and made that a MAGA Republican. There's your other party right there. People who love the country, those are the ah, spit on the floor sort of thing. That's what the Democrats want you to believe. And the media is all over this thing, of course. It's an opportunity to rebrand those constitutional lovers and the people as radical nutjobs, you see. Whereas I would suggest to you, I would go one step further and say it's the rest of the Republican Party that are the radical nutjobs. The people that are outside of the Make America Great Again. But again, when you have the visual of January 6th and the Capitol, you know, emotionally on fire, and you've got all that tied into the Pelosi and the shenanigans, you, you get a picture of what they've been after here, friends. It's all connecting dots here is what we're talking about here now. So again, lots to talk about today with this. Uh, you see the Twitter. Um, uh, wow, that was a meltdown completely uh, there with DeSantis. And boy, the media is all over that one as well. But this is going to be framed up now as a Trump versus DeSantis. DeSantis is going to become the useful idiot to go after Trump. And of course, Trump always, uh, already is the original idiot. But they'll use both of those cats to pull the entire conversation down into the gutter, to be sure. Expect a lot to happen there. And we'll see if one of these other cats on the other side of that can rise, uh, whatever they are, these other candidates that are into the uh, the fray here, uh, as, as the field widens and opens up here. So again, here, uh, we're going to reset here in just moments and come back. Uh, it's a new format here on The Voice of a Nation on Malcolm at 8. By the way, now, the program here, by the way, you can hear 8 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, on iHeartRadio, of course. On our free apps, Apple, Android, Alexa, on our media player, hundreds of other networks, friends. Um, 8 p.m. Eastern Time every night, hear this program and let friends know about it so we can get the out loud truth out across our great country, please. Okay? Now, if you miss it by chance, and I don't want you to miss it, but if you do, because you have dinner plans that night or something going on or a hot date, well, you'll catch the encore the following morning at 8. It's always going to be 8 if you're on the East Coast. Now, if you're not on the East Coast and you're on the West Coast, and for you, it's going to be Malcolm at five. Huh. You're going to have to rebrand it out there. You understand? But it is Malcolm at eight and the East Coast here. 
Although it could be Malcolm at five or Malcolm at six or Malcolm at seven. But the point is, get on the train and let's make this thing happen. That's the point of the of the program. All the shows will go to podcasts as always, as they always do on America Out Loud. My friends, we're going to take a quick pause here. We'll join you just on the other side with some experts and guests and take on uh, the stories of the day. We'll, we'll see you back in just a moment here. You're listening to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rex nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back to the broadcast here. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, and thank you for joining us on the mission, friends. A privilege to have you on the relaunch here of The Voice of a Nation, and Malcolm at 8. A little bit of different rebranding here, and uh, hope you'll buckle up and uh, help us get the word out there across our great country and around the world. We have a lot of great listeners all over the world. We'd love to listen into the network here. Uh, so our lead story today is the U.S. debt crisis that is coming to a head really quickly here. Uh, and uh, it's going to be one of those stories of the last man standing as the Republicans and Democrats continue to blame game. Uh, the medias are going to be all too willing to play this out as they always do. Uh, you're starting to see the way the, the, the narratives are falling in the media here. Uh, let's jump into that now with Bruce Tennis joins us. And Bruce is, has an extensive background in economics, finance, uh, political science, uh, in a career that spanned more than 40 years, in fact, worked at major Wall Street investment banks uh, as an advisor, consultant, economic forecaster, money manager, was on a lot of the national news over the years, uh, and has a great background. And uh, Bruce, privileged to have you. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, Malcolm. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, let's jump into this debt crisis. And uh, so let me start first with this. Uh, the, you know, you're always looking for a curveball with uh, the, the the political speakers who get to the mic. There's been a lot of talk about this 14th Amendment thing. You're wondering what's going to be the last minute surprise, Bruce, as this clock is pushing forward here. Nobody wants it on their watch, clearly, that we have uh, succumbed to the fault of not being able to pay our bills. And we'll talk more about that in a moment here. Uh, Democrat Oregon Senator Jeff Merkley says, I want the president to see that he has the support in the Senate to use the 14th Amendment. He has support to say no to outrageous demands from the radical right. Again, anything today that is called that is practical or trying to budget is considered radical right or MAGA Republican. You know, that sort of thing there. What do you make of this 14th Amendment? Is it garbage talk or is there anything to it? Well, when. 
According to my studies of the Constitution, uh, the 14th Amendment was originally known for extending citizens to, citizenship to former slaves and guaranteeing equal protection of the laws. It also contains a little bit more obscure section that talks about the validity of the public debt of the United States being uh, not being questioned. Now, I think it's a real stretch to say that that clause justifies using it, using the 14th Amendment to ignore the debt ceiling or ignore uh, our national debt and just go around it and keep spending. Um, and and that's why I think, uh, you know, President Biden, for for all his uh, foibles, has uh, has announced that he probably won't use the 14th Amendment. He won't invoke that. Um I think his legal advisors are telling him he'd open up a whole can of worms and probably probably wind up uh, right. litigating right. with the Supreme Court over this. Right. So right. Um, I want you to comment on this uh, very this is a really interesting juxtaposition to the conversation we're having. Interesting tweet put out that was put into my uh, purview uh, the other day here from Edward Dowd on Twitter. And I want to let me just put this right out here. It's a very interesting uh juxtaposition of the conversation. He, he says, and I quote, the real economy is hurtling toward deep recession in Q3 and Q4. The debt ceiling debate, no matter the outcome, is a sell the news event, which I've already addressed some of that. Therefore, if I am uh, Joe Biden or Yellen, uh, Treasury Secretary, of course, I would be incentivized to not reach a deal and blame the common financial carnage on the GOP. The carnage is baked into the cake now. It's narrative time. Comment on that, please. Well, there's a bit of wishful thinking. The actual business of the country is business. After you know, COVID showed us that the biggest companies in America can, can continue to function, even while they're um, kneecapping small businesses. So, you know, we had a two-tiered uh, economy, but remember those small businesses are not publicly traded. You know, the bigger companies, Amazon did a booming business during COVID and I think would continue to do. Well, all the big box had a booming business during COVID. Sure. Yeah, they all did well. It was it was a it was a it was a great program for the globalists and all the big corporations. It's a small guy that got beat beat the hell out of right. Right. The market's in a trading range, okay? The stock market's in a trading range. I think we'll continue into a, in a trading range till the uh, next election. Um, Hold on, let me with, stop you there. Do you see, uh, as this uh, down puts out, there a deep recession in Q3 and Q4? That, listen, there could be a recession. I don't think it's going to be a deep one. You know, uh, people still need to uh, feed themselves. People still need to clothe themselves. People still need uh, basic non-durables uh, uh people still are buying gasoline even though gasoline has uh gone up under skyrocketed yeah but, but yeah, a lot of but, the economists who do believe that we uh, there are economists and i've had them on viewpoint in fact the past many weeks that believe we're going right over the cliff here uh the bubbles have become too big and too too cumbersome now for the nation it's been building and they think we're going right over the cliff do you subscribe to any of that or is that just not even I I, I think it's going to be somewhere in between at best, at worst, uh, rather. Well, Yellen, Yellen uh, arbitrarily decided June 1st was a date. I mean, right. she didn't have to 
She didn't have to pick that date. It could be any date, really. When we shut the country down during COVID, did the country end? Did everything stop? Not no, really. but, they, but they've done a lot of hype with this. You're exactly right, but there's a lot of hype with this. I've seen stories about the allies of panicking, other people of panicking. They're even panicking on other planets that this is going to happen, Bruce. <laughs> well, that's, that's interesting. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, calmer heads will prevail. People are already have already, um, you know, adjusted, for example, their investment portfolios. I mean, the market is the best long term um, uh, predictor of where things are going. And the stock market is not selling off in advance of this. OK. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, the market always, always predicts what's going to happen in the future. So we're not seeing that. I'm not seeing that. The bond market is predicting uh, some things a little bit. Uh, you know, the yield curve is inverted. But, um, but I, yeah, aren't you seeing those? On, there are some uncertainties, though, that are on the edges of this thing with the market, right? Well, yeah, there's there's uncertainties in the uh, in in the uh, minds and eyes of of uh, public and some players, some some. Uh, some uh, portfolio managers and so forth, but but I don't see them selling into this. I my personal position is that we should starve the beast. We should cut spending. We should stop uh, this uh, wanton spending uh, by by our government. Um, and not you know Biden wants to raise taxes mm -hmm. to cover this and raise the debt ceiling at the same time. Um, I think they should starve the beast and stop vote bribing. The, you know, they're using our taxpayer money right now to bribe votes with handouts. Right, that, is, that is right. Yeah, yeah. And they're also using our taxpayer money uh, in these massive foreign aid programs, which basically constitute money laundering, in my opinion. Yeah. Wow. wow. All right. Let me get another voice in here and uh, on this uh, uh, situation here. And I, I want to bring on uh, Dr. Stephen Latulip joins us on the broadcast now. And stay right there, Bruce. We'll be right back with you on this uh, talk here. Uh, but um, so uh, Steve is um, he is a first of all, a, a student, I always say a student of the political games, a political analyst, first and foremost, I'd say. But he's a physician, board certified family medicine, retired United States Air Force officer, an ordained minister. Author of the book, Unity Without Compromise, has the show on America Out Loud, Unity Without Compromise, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday and Sunday. We have an incredible weekend lineup, to be sure, on America Out Loud Talk Radio. And uh, so, all right, uh, Steve, I'd like to jump right in. Now, you've heard the talk, you heard the setup of the monologue as far as the deck goes, but you hear Bruce as well come to this. Come and rate. Do you think, do they come to a conclusion? You, your gut tells you now, uh, or does this thing go over the edge? Hi, Malcolm. Uh, thanks. Uh, glad to be on with you. You know, I I really do agree with uh, virtually everything Bruce said, um, but I think that when you're talking about a debt ceiling and uh, us pushing the limit again further and further, I think it, it does some very helpful things for the Uniparty, if you will. Uh, they are continually trying to centralize control. And when it comes to, for example, you mentioned the COVID-19 um, business of, of shutting down the small guys. Uh, what it did is it centralized 
even more the big businesses and ultimately made them more susceptible to being controlled by government. And I think that this is where the debt ceiling is going. It's for one thing, another distraction uh, when you pull into uh, our mind, uh, all the other things that are going on, like the southern border invasion and so forth. Um, I think that I, I agree with Bruce. I think that we need to um, hold to our uh, guns and say, you know, enough is enough. We're, we're not going to give any more concessions. We got to hold the line. We need okay. to reverse the line, actually. Right. If the Republicans do that, and again, back to McCarthy and and, and getting a little political religion with his uh, 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 a knight in uh, to become Speaker of the House, of course, uh, which was uh, history in the making, 15 rounds from to And he had to make a lot of deals. That's always the case to become Speaker. But uh, if they do hold the ground, as Bruce, your suggestion they will, and, and Steve, your suggestion they will as well, uh, do you think that uh, the media is going to right away blame the Republicans? There's the, the narrative here, back to the narrative of the media came, but they're going to immediately blame the Republicans, the GOP. Can they weather that storm effectively? You go first, Steve. Can they weather that storm effectively? Yes, I think they can. Uh, and I, I really do believe that they will not invoke the 14th Amendment because there'll be all kinds of legal challenges to that. But it will serve the purpose of the distraction, as I said, with uh, other things going on. Ultimately, uh, what is happening is there is a fight for our country. And we have to remember that uh, we are defending the Constitution. We're defending American sovereignty as an independent nation state. And one party wants it. The other party is all in on a universal okay. government. Right. Here's the problem. Here's the problem, Bruce, and I'll direct this to you now. The problem with what Steve is saying there and what you said earlier is this. M majority of Americans are simply not paying attention to all the nuances and the details. And those who are paying attention are getting a lot of the news from all of the media outlets all across the board. It's all of the, the it's the, the USA Today, it's the PBS, it's the NBC, it's the CBS, it's the CNN, it's the MS, it's all, it's lock, stock and barrel. I know because it just happened with a dear friend of mine who is kind of an independent thinker, but watches all of that garbage news and really believes that opposite views of what we'd be talking about here. So I know people are being indoctrinated. Those people are going to believe the media war that the GOP caused this. You're suggesting, both of you, that they can just blow this off or fleck this off their shoulder. I'm not so sure it's going to work that way. They usually are banged up pretty good when the media jumps on them like a kid, like a pile of, you know, you all play uh, jump on the leader and you bury the guy. That's what happens with the Republican Party. You don't think that's going to happen? I think that um, more and more as the nation awakens to the false news that they've been spoon fed over the years. And it's more and more coming out and more and more people are, uh, are cutting away from news. More and more people are turning off their television sets. I speak to a lot of people in my day-to-day -day life and, uh, Almost the majority of them say, I don't watch television anymore. Well, they and may I not watch television, but they may be getting the news from social media. And it's the same story, though, Bruce. It's the same story. The indoctrination well, of the people who believe a certain way, believe a certain way. And they're going to be blaming the GOP, I'm telling you. Well, the citizen journalist is rising in America and becoming the voice of America. Okay. Uh, not, to, not to steal your tagline, but uh, the voice, th this type of programming 
is becoming more prevalent. And I think you're in a sweet spot here with this program because of that. Uh, pe more people are on Telegram. More people are on uh, alternative news sources. And, um, and I believe that it's really reaching a wide, wider range than, than you would think. We still all have our friends who still watch mainstream news, but not, not many of them anymore. A lot of them are turned off their television set. Uh, I'm, I'm in that crowd. I don't okay. watch television. All. Uh, all right. No, right. I, I think a lot of us have turned it off here. Okay. All right. Let me let me move uh, the the program along here. And um, uh, friends, I want to tell you. You know, over the last many years, we have been on the front lines here at America Out Loud, helping people uh, through through everything, through the COVID experience, uh, through. Uh, Long COVID, vaccine injuries, all of this. We we have been central to a lot of the conversation uh, in our country. Um, and we've really spent time and effort to put the best products out there for people to be able to elevate, help them in their lives, but elevate their lives as well and get back to a restoration of health, health and well-being, both physically and mentally. Both are very, very important for our country. And um, so we have a new, I'm proud to give you some information here today. This is brand new. Uh, a brand new piece of the network now is called AmericaOutloud.shop. So instead of all the URLs we'd give you with all the great products we have, you can now go to one place, AmericaOutloud.shop, and there you'll get the latest opportunities for the best discounts on the products we talk about with the medical doctors and the naturopathic doctors and all the folks on America Out Loud, all of our show hosts, you know. And you'll get you'll get the Cofix RX there. You get the Clear. You get the Wellness Company, the Spike Support, Healthy Cell, HOC, uh, HOCL, Genesis. All the products we've been talking about are all there. One click right into the site, and you'll get the discounts that we promise you on the platform. This is pretty cool stuff. It's brand new. It's brand new. We're still actually developing it, but I, I want to get it into your hands today. Uh, that's how you get there. Is uh, just simple. Just remember AmericaOutloud.shop. Okay, and I just want to introduce that to you today. We'll be talking more about it in the future, but I want to get that into your knowledge base and your hands so you'll be able to check it out a little bit more and uh, see what you think. And questions, you can, e of course, always email us here at talk at americaoutloud.com. Uh, we'll take a pause here. We'll come back here, talk about the Twitter meltdown, Elon Musk, of course, behind the DeSantis launch, uh, Trump, of course, back and forth. What's taking place there? And we'll join you right back again in just a moment with our guest. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com. Seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. 
It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm at eight here. Unless you're on the Pacific coast, of course, then it might be Malcolm at five or or in the mountain or central zone, but welcome to the broadcast just the same here. And welcome to our listeners all over the globe here. Uh, So new Brandon, new day, new opportunities to get it right. Uh, We'll be delivering the out loud truth every day at 8 p.m. Eastern time on the uh, iHeartRadio network on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Uh, and uh, the encore will be the following day at eight. It's always going to be eight if you're on East Coast time again, but it's a Brandon thing again. It's a marketing thing, right? Uh, but it's funny because I was telling some friends on the West Coast yesterday, well, you don't have to be saying Malcolm at five out there, but but the show is Malcolm at eight, actually. And uh, so we welcome you in here. We'd love to have your opinions and thoughts about the new forum. Uh, love love you to email us here and give me your ideas and thoughts of what you like, what you don't like, or how we can make it even better. Uh, you can email us at talk at americaoutloud.com or just click the contact button right back at americaoutloud.com. Remember again, friends, to get back to the platform and share, share, share the out loud truth, the columns, the articles, the, the global writers we have. It's all back there. All of the shows and the content. Um, I mean, we've got content. Let me tell you, we've got a very active news feed. And I remember when I broke into this business, they said content was king. And I said, well, we're going to win that race then uh, because we have a lot of content. Now, we believe in free speech. We believe in diversity of opinion, diversity of thought. Uh, that's the essence of this broadcast. But it's the essence of our entire network. Um, we, we need to remain ladies and gentlemen. We need to play the game properly. I mean, there are some rules of the game. Uh, but that's still we take great pride in being able to honor different thoughts and ideas at the table of thought here. And uh, that's that's the whole concept here. Now, you've seen the meltdown on Twitter. This was uh, quite something. Uh, Elon Musk had already come out and had pretty well, as far as I'm concerned, endorsed DeSantis some time ago. He put him as a favorable in front of Trump, um, you know, and that created some friction. You know, Trump is never one to be in the backseat. It doesn't like anybody tarnishing his uh, thought process or his uh, ideas of what he considers that his role is here. Or he'll have three names for you and have some pet names for you quickly. Uh, And he's been doing that with all of these. Um, 
Elon's a different player, though. Trump has kind of gone up against somebody that is a little different than what he normally has before, probably, as I would say. But the meltdown on, on Twitter was a technical thing. It got up to about 700,000, I understand. And then quickly things started to explode and in a bad way. Um, the the camp, the DeSantis camp, were they were about to, beside themselves. And I, I know DeSantis was not a happy camper uh, what had happened. And there were some comments made back and forth. Um, but this thing got out of hand really quickly with a meltdown uh, on, on that. You know, questions are, was this the right way? Should they have done it this way? Because he took a risk. He took a chance. Usually the candidates in total control of the launch in a campaign like this, you don't leave it into somebody else's hands or technology. Was that a blunder for uh, for uh, DeSantis? Did he, was that a bad move? And does that tell him a lot of media today is saying, well, that's how DeSantis' campaign is going to be. That's how his presidency is going to be. But this guy's a schmuck. I mean, that's what the media is saying, clearly. And they're playing him against Trump. Let's go to Dr. Stephen Latula first on this. And uh, Steve, so you see, let's get to, you know, just in the framework of this Twitter thing and what took place with Trump and DeSantis. And this appears to be now, this is going to be a game where they're going to use both of them as useful idiots to fight against each other to really lambaste the GOP and maybe try to get more of an unknown in there. But many people believe they want Trump to be the, the candidate. They want him to be the nominee, the, the, the last man standing, if you will. So what do you think about that point? Do they want Trump to be their nominee, do you believe? And what did you think about DeSantis's entering of the race on Twitter? Well, Malcolm, uh, I think that the meltdown on Twitter was unfortunate. I mean, you can't help but feel sorry for DeSantis uh, because of technical problems and so forth. And of course, some people will certainly ask, is, is this prophetic? I mean, is this the way DeSantis is going to run the country? You know, and that's I think that's jumping to, through too many hoops and, and, and not understanding the big picture. But um, I, I really believe that there, this is going to be a very dirty campaign. There's going to be a lot of mud slinging oh, yeah. uh, back and forth with Trump and DeSantis. Uh, Trump is going to continue to open his big mouth. He's going to throw the insults, does, does the name calling and all these childish little things. But he says what's on his mind. And, and for that, I appreciate him. At least he is giving his opinion. There's no doubt about how he feels. With Ron DeSantis, I think he's going to equally counterpunch and perhaps throw his own punches, as he already has in some ways, but he's going to be more refined or possibly, you could say, more politically correct in the way that he does it. So it leads one to ask, well, what is Ron DeSantis really thinking? What is really behind his his whole impetus for running for president. And I think that uh, a, a, an aspect that we're not even considering is how the opposition, the the uniparty, the leftists uh, are going to utilize that um, against each other. Because the, the truth is, I think that even um, back in February, when Soros praised DeSantis and called Trump a pitiful figure, um, I think that Really what's happening, if you read between the lines, I think that the leftists are very still very fearful of having Trump back in office because they okay. saw the damage he could do. Right. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays forth. But I think we need to be aware that there is going to be a Trump DeSantis PSYOP plan, and that is ultimately going to work uh, against America because um, what I see from the left 
they have nothing to offer. The only thing they offer is death and destruction of America and of our Constitution. Right. Yeah. Well, that may be the case, but there are a lot of people who will still vote for them <laughs> and that have been voting for them. And we know some of those people, Steve, you know, and they'll continue yes. to vote for Democrats and uh, beyond your wildest imagination. I want to ask you, what would you say to people who say, uh, Steve, that that uh, Ron DeSantis is a globalist or too tied to a globalist thinking process? What do you say to that? Well, I, I'd say it's an interesting uh, uh, question to entertain. Like, who, you know, and the way I answer the question is I just look at who is backing each of these people? Who's backing DeSantis right now? Uh, it seems like he is being um, really praised by many people in the left, many people who are certainly not belonging to the America First movement. I mean, he's got support from Elon Musk, Jeb Bush, Paul Ryan, uh, Mitt Romney, Kevin Griffin, and Mike Pence. You know, and it it just raises the question. He's he's attracting the wealthiest donors, and we have seen the wealthy people, uh, the billionaire. Uh, elites are becoming the oligarchy that are trying to rule the world. And so that concerns me uh, with them throwing all this support behind DeSantis. And I think it's simply because DeSantis has the much greater potential to be manipulated, uh, controlled and overpowered. Oh, okay. And that's a good point right there. And that's a good point to bring in Bruce Tannis here. Bruce, join the conversation with us, please. And uh, uh, what uh, Steve is just talking about, controlling DeSantis, all right, so let's let me put it out to here this way. Uh, I mean, it's safe to say that DeSantis is a lot more controllable. Uh, that's I think everybody would agree with that potentially on the call here. Trump is really not controllable. When you look at the establishment and you look at both political parties or the uniparty, whatever you want to call this thing, uh, the train, uh, Trump is a threat to the entire establishment. He's in, he's a threat to both Republicans and Democrats alike. He is an absolute canoe rocker. He does not give a good rat's ass, whether you like it or don't like it. He's going to do whatever he's done. Now, has he made all the right decisions from the beginning? Absolutely not. He has not. It, was COVID handled properly through all of it? It was not. Um, were there a lot of mistakes made, both economically and through COVID? You bet there were. But at this point, he is uncontrollable. He's had his fill. He's been attacked for all of the years before the escalator. He was attacked all the way forward to this very day. Right now, they're doubling, tripling down. They're trying to cripple him to get him out of there. Who are they more fearful of at this point? Is it a Trump that is just uh, unyielding and, you know, chaotic and canoe rocking and don't care about this? Or is it a DeSantis who might do some of the same things, but convince more people that he's a kinder, gentler Trump? Bruce, what do you say to that? Well, first of all, I think that they fear Trump more. I think that's obvious. Uh, the left wants DeSantis because DeSantis has a track record in the state of Florida that they can assail easily and they can solidify their base on that. Okay. Now, how can they assail that when he said, hold on a minute here now. I want you to explain that to the average listener here that's talking, that that's listening to this, because he's had nothing but success in Florida. Many would argue with you in, uh, I'm just saying. And how, so how would that be? How, what could, uh, you mean, are they just going to lie again? It's just lies, more lies? Well, they're, they're, they're going to hit them on the abortion thing, okay? Yeah. Um, they're going to hit them on some of the uh, social things that he's done in Florida. Oh, the gay not stuff, on, the Disney stuff, all of that stuff, right? Exactly. Not on the economic stuff. The, they can't assail him on that. School books, all the things. Because today you're supposed to be, you know, um, 
right. whatever, trans loving, uh, porno driven, mind flipping, but, right? But but whereas whereas Trump uh, correctly, um, uh, you know, put in Supreme Court justices that repealed Roe v. Wade, uh, and and you know put that decision back on the states where it belongs. DeSantis, it fell right into his lap to make the decision. DeSantis made the decision to, you know, ban abortions to a certain extent and change the change the, the laws in the state of Florida regarding abortion. They're going to they're going to hammer him on that. And they can't hammer Trump on that because Trump just already, you know, passed it off to the states the way it should state sovereignty. That's constitutional. Um, what DeSantis did the other night on Twitter, by the way, I wanted to add. Please. was worse than what Joe Biden did in his basement. I mean, they he he went on he went on a um a fairly narrow platform even though Twitter is widespread um very few people were on board. Uh you know, 6 p.m. is when most people are eating dinner and it's graduation week in America. Okay? He should have announced if he was going to announce, he should have announced after spring ba- break and sometime before graduation. You know, um, it, it, it just didn't have the right. So there was a the bad right. strategy and bad timing put into play. You're saying those are bad decisions for, from a leader. Bad, dis- bad discernment. Um, you know, he needs better advisors if he's going to uh, arise to the national stage. Um, you know, Twitter was not the way to go. People yeah. want to see the candidate, first of all. Right. Everybody has a TV. Whether, you know, we talked about maybe some people don't watch it anymore, but everybody would tune into something like that. And, um, you know, global leaders certainly watched the Trump launch. I mean, when when Trump CNN uh, uh, town hall the other night had uh, a little while ago had three point three million viewers. DeSantis struggled last night to get one sixth of that listening into what was basically a limited podcast with many technical difficulties. Well, in fact, uh, the numbers, as I stated earlier, Bruce, dropped to well about 300 or so. And by the way, and I wanted to tell folks that uh, Trump and Biden were actually on the same page and they were united uh, for one thing. It might be the only thing they're united in, Bruce and Steve, I'll tell you right now, is they were gloating. They were gloating at the point that DeSantis uh, was was his program, as you just stated, Bruce, was a train wreck. And, it was a train wreck. Yeah, but and and Biden, uh, his Twitter account. Obviously, it's not him, but his people, his 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 posse, if you will, uh, posted a link on there, uh, and they said this link works, and this link was to his reelection campaign, and that was uh, this link works, and put that out there, which was a real slap in the face, and of course, then Trump followed up with, "Wow, the DeSantis and Sanctismonious is what he's got here, the DeSantis." Twitter launch is a disaster. His whole campaign will be right. a disaster. Watch. That's Trump's well, promise. So they were both on the same page, yeah? Well, image matters, right? And a picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah. Think about the picture you have of Trump initially announcing he's going to run for president. He came down a golden escalator to great fanfare, right? DeSantis got stuck in the elevator, in my opinion. <laughs> well, he might have got stuck in the elevator, but I don't think Americans really want a golden escalator and they don't want Trump's money. And they look at Trump as a threat because he is to the system. Right? Well, the average the average working individual did better under Trump. Oh, the there's working- there's no doubt about that. There's no question. If you, I had this argument the other day, there's a conversation with a uh, an independent, which is a little left of center, this person. 
I tell I went into all exactly the policies, that speech. But this person today, and Steve, let me bring you back into the conversation, please. This these people today, including this uh, friend I was talking to the other day, this independent, just left of center. So they're more lean a little more left than than right, but still independent thinking. There's no way this woman would vote for Trump. I don't care if he had the cure for cancer or he fixed anything or he could set every policy straight. This woman, who it, I know is a, is a friend of mine, very, very well knowledgeable woman, watches things, but watches a lot of the mainstream media, watches a lot of the garbage that's being fed to everybody. And I told her that. So you're watching the same crap everybody else is watching. What are you doing here, man? I had a whole debate. I was, uh, believe me, it was Malcolm out loud. Uh, when we were having dinner just afterward, I cut her a new one. And she knows it, you know. I had the information. I don't care if it's a friend or not. You ain't going to sit in my place and tell me what you think you know. And so we went right at it. But, uh, you know, she, but here's, she's part, I mean, I love the woman. But she's part and parcel of the problem in America, frankly. These people are listening to the garbage that's coming out of the box all over the place. No matter what Bruce says, they're still all watching and listening, no matter what you all say. They're getting their information from the social. I'm telling you. They're getting it. There's a big part of the co the country that's still getting that. And these people are not going to vote for Trump no matter what because they don't like the name calling. They don't like the ignorant conversation. They think he's a complete fool, and they're not going to vote for him. And it doesn't matter what his policy shot. It doesn't matter what he's curing, Steve. It doesn't matter what he's doing. What do you say to that? Well, I, I think and I do hope that these are uh, uh, people in the minority because we have to remember this. Our goal is to save and restore America. And we have if we lose that focus, then we're screwed. Uh, and the other point is that we have to really do uh, some heart searching and actually look at the heart of the candidates and say, what are they about? What have they done? I mean, has Trump not always fought for the people in America to strengthen uh, the everyday American citizen? He has, as Bruce said, he has, but the media would never give him credit. And all those tens of millions of people don't know that, Steve. Right. And that's why we exist uh, here today, I think, because we got to get that message out. Because let's face it. I mean, look at Ron DeSantis already manipulated the law for selfish gain so that he could run for president while still serving as a governor. How else is he going to compromise if he gets into the Oval Office? I mean, yeah. I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned yeah. about the company yeah. he keeps. All right. Well, this has been, uh, we're running right out of time here, but this is a great conversation with uh, Dr. Stephen Latula, uh, Bruce Tannis. Appreciate both of them being on the broadcast. A couple of conclusive thoughts real fast, friends, and it's this here. You have to ask yourself, is Ron DeSantis up for the challenge? Is he up for the challenge? Is he, you know, can he be manipulated by the globalists? Is he just going to be a softer version of that? And will he get the job done or not? Or, do, you know, there's a lot of questions. There are a lot of unknowns. Uh, or do they use him because he's a softer version of it, but he's going to fold on a lot of these things? He might not have the wherewithal or the backbone or the testosterone that uh, Donald Trump has. And then there's the other thing, the baggage that Donald Trump has. The left is fighting right now to keep him out of the race. There's a lot of uh, uh, both criminal cases and other cases that are coming at him pretty fast now. And uh, and he's got some troubles, legal troubles that are that are pretty strong. That could also handicap him in big ways, I hate to say ahead. Donald Trump is a different sort of character. He is a canoe rocker. The question you have to ask yourself, I'll ask you and tell you this, the same thing I said to my friend the other day. 
if the deep state, if the establishment, if the uniparty, if the Republicans and the Democrats are out of control, if you agree that is the case, what is it going to take to get them back in control? How do we how do we change the system? If they are like four political parties, the radical left, the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, the MAGA Republicans, if that's what we're looking at in four political factions in this thing and more probably, what does that really mean at the end result? How how do we conclude here and you know be able to bridge the gap and get here to some sort of uh, resolution coming into 2024? Uh, the stakes could not be higher in our nation. We, we are not going to be able to withstand the, the political tsunami and the economic tsunami we've had in the last two, three years now. It's not going to happen. And even before that, with Trump through the COVID deal. So we've now had a series of years that have decimated our nation. And uh, there's a lot of baggage there. Trump is the kind of person, he's a canoe rocker. But if you think, if, do you, if you believe DeSantis goes up against the globalists, is he going to stand up to them and demand the truth? That you, you know, does he have that ability that Trump had? That's a question you have to answer. That's a question you have to ask yourself. Is Trump the man that is here for the right reasons at the right moment of time? Do you, do you, do you see where I'm at? Who can fight those head headwinds, regardless of the name calling? Could he have you know repositioned some of that brand himself? He could have. He chose not to. And that is his brand of politics now. And of course, my, as my mother always said, you are what you are. And that was at six years old. She'd say, Malcolm, you are what you are now. Go uh, fix the world and do what you're going to do. And that's at six years old, friends. We, we are who we are. We're not going to change. Trump is not going to change. DeSantis won't either. And you or I are not going to either. We are who we are. It's baked into the cake, as they say. I'll leave you with those thoughts there as we continue on with the election here. We'll see you again back tomorrow here again at Malcolm at 8 on The Voice of a Nation. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.